Welcome to the Design Alchemy podcast, where we look behind the veil of the design industry. I'm Billy. And I'm Dimi, and we will be discussing and deconstructing the great work of visual communication and symbolism, and how they affect our culture. Well, well, well. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I think we, we last recorded in December, and now it's February, so... Uh, with uh, the winter hall. Anno, Anno Domini 2021. Okay. Uh, it's been a year. Uh, it's been a year, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we, we've missed you. Uh, we hope that you missed us just to some, to some degree. We got some fantastic feedback from, from uh, I mean, the, the listeners. So we, we, we're going to continue on the, the alchemy train here and uh, dig into some really, really good stuff. Uh, but before we do that, we just thought we'd give you a quick update about what we've been doing. Do you want to start, Dim? Yeah, uh, so um, it's been it's been a very fruitful uh, period. I'm I'm still writing my book. Uh, client work has uh, has slowed this down, but I'm still writing my book on semiotic branding. And I'm also uh, I'm also planning a new product about storytelling and archetypes and symbolism. We we don't have a we have a working title, uh, but it's still not not a hundred percent settled. So uh, it might take a while b- before I, I have actual release uh, news to to share about this. Uh, but it's basically um, a product that's going to help people um, sort storytelling a bit uh, a bit more profoundly. Um, there are many uh, resources out there that um, that share the information about hero's journey and all that and while it's it's very important I think it's it's not the only useful abstraction that we have about storytelling so I'm, I I want to I want to to make something to help more people create more intricate or more different stories than than the usual so that's uh, that's the big focus of of my uh, work. Uh, yeah, from, from what I've heard, it sounds sounds really really interesting as well. I'm really looking forward to that. To that yes, uh, it's ju- um, I, if if we had a name, I could I could share more, but um, it's it's a challenge naming things actually. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I recently, somewhat recently, even learned that there is such a thing as naming agencies. They, I mean, there was, there was some podcast I, I listened to, and the the guy basically they they came up with names for companies. That that's what they do. So. Mm. Yeah, I'm, 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 we're doing this with, um, uh, there's a book called Don't Call It That by Eli Altman, and it's pretty much a framework for naming uh, things, which is really nice, but it's always tougher, the same with branding work. It's always tougher if you do it for yourself, if you're the client and the decision maker, like the, um, the, the facilitator at the same time, the decision maker and the facilitator. So um, it's going to take a while, but we'll, we'll have news before uh, before the end of February for that. So stay uh, stay updated. But my, this is the minor news. The major news is Billy, you were an educator for, for yeah. the duration of of the well, would, yeah. of the um, of the break. So how was that? Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I've, I've I've done lectures and seminars and stuff before, but I maybe I won't fully comfortable of putting the term design educator on my CV, but now I am. So that's the, 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 that's been really, really nice. It was a really, really refreshing, interesting experience since, I mean, 
really the kind of, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, the, the, the axiom of when, when one teaches to learn kind of a thing, which I, I, you know, it's really, really true because you solidify these concepts within yourself when you share them with others. So it's truly a win-win besides the fairly good money as well. And you, can you share where you taught and what you did? Yeah, yeah. So I, I taught at a at a Swedish um, kind of media design um, education. So it's something called it's some it's kind of like vocational education, I believe. In, in, in the, the the equivalent would be so it's two year education. Uh, the course was for digital content designers. So that's a very broad kind of multidisciplinary uh, kind of kind of course. So so the challenge was. Uh, teach them all, all all they need to know about kind of web and digital design in in in, in three weeks over the course of eight days. Uh, nice. so, so no no small brief there, but I'm 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 up for a challenge. It went really well. Um, I've taught, I mean, I've taught some of those lessons individually before, but never as condensed and as tight tightly upon it. I mean, back to back kind of a thing. So that was, that was also remote. I mean, I've been teaching, teaching classroom environments before. Remote does have its chat challenges in terms of balancing, you know, practical with theor- theoretical breaks, uh, checking in with, you know, when you're teaching a class of 30 students over, over MS Teams or Zoom or whatever it might be, checking in, do or, you know, do you follow this? Uh, or, you know, questions, uh, keeping an eye on the chat, you know, because you're, 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 you're sharing your full screen. Um, speaking engagingly, having all the files and everything on track. I mean, it's a little bit of a, I mean, it's a lot of moving parts there, but it, it, I got some fantastic feedback from the students. They're really lovely. They really liked some of the kind of, I mean, of course, the kind of concept we went through, this kind of digital color theory, UX, UI, layout, bunch of stuff, Adobe XD. But one of the things they really, really liked, um, kind of going back to some things we talked about earlier was, uh, as just kind of a fun thing that I did, but I, I, I shared my screen uh, and we just went on LinkedIn and looked at jobs in Stockholm. So after each kind of, so when we talked about UX and a user-centered design process and pff, design thinking and these things, then what I would do is that I would jump into LinkedIn and see, okay, so here we have an ad for a product designer in Stockholm and they want this, which we have talked about here. So they, they ask about user-centered design and here they talk about in the job ad about that stuff and that was like Eureka, like hallelujah they, they have never seen such 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 something so amazing uh, that was just something i came up with on the fly because like you have to understand this is what companies want they, they, like i'm not making this up so, so like yeah, that was kind of reinforcing the kind of what do you say market uh yeah what, what the mar- job market wants so to speak so that was yeah i i mean i put in some star wars memes in there and you know <laughs> i basically had a lot of fun as well so it was uh yeah, it was a really cool experience. That's that's thrilling. Do you, do you see yourself as um? Do you, do you like teaching? Like, yes, I do. I do. I mean, uh, it's been something I've been hearing ever 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 since. Kind of when I taught my younger sister how to swim. I mean, I, I don't know. People people in my immediate kind of social circle or family have always said, "But you're so good at explaining things and breaking complex things down in a in a simple way." That's good. So. You know, I mean, I don't remember this. There's something like in some book, kind of the one thing, I don't remember which one it is, but it did something like to find out what you're really good at, ask other people what they think you're really good at. Some, sometimes, I mean, because you can get some really honest feedback from, mm-hmm. from there. And it's not always what you suspect or what you, because as you mentioned, even, even when coming up names for yourself, it's really hard sometimes as a designer, like, okay, what are my strengths really? I mean, 
Yeah, maybe that's just me, but even even just designing the website for yourself as a designer, I'm sure anyone listening uh, who's been up to that challenge is really tricky. Looking at yourself, for, you know, for, for oh, absolutely, absolutely. Self editing and and being all uh, so close to the so close to the source uh, is, yeah. is not the the optimal the optimal. No, it's really hard. So so yeah. I mean that's why when when we as designers can rely on each other also to kind of you know ask for feedback and transparency there. So I think that's uh, absolutely that, that's very true. But yeah. yes, the, the short of it, I'll keep teaching. Uh, don't know when yet, but they, there are some opportunities coming up. So uh, yeah, stay stay tuned. Uh, exciting, exciting! Yeah. I'm, so, I'm so happy. Like, uh, it's a, it's a good thing. I, I wish, I wish I had this um, not knack for teaching because I I can break things down. It's just sometimes it feels. Uh, I feel very self conscious of belonging in a system um, because I was, as a student, I was I always felt <laughs> very oppressed by yeah. uh, by structured education. So uh, the the more um, the more you go into a system like a school or a educational system or vocational type of training, all that just becomes. Uh, I'm so conscious about it. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said there to not be, I mean, to not be stuck in the mold or, or I mean, I, and I, I completely feel the same. I think we mentioned that maybe in the design educating mm. education uh, episode where, I mean, I was completely off the rails. I mean, the teachers had no idea what to do with me. I was a really difficult student just because of the nature of, of yeah. who I am and how, how I think. Yeah. And I, 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 re- I refuse to, to, um, what do you say? I, I, I actually said on my, on my last kind of dissertation when you show your, your 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 kind of bachelor's thesis that I kind of I think I open it with I, I've always loved swearing in church regardless of what that church looks like or is some something really pretentious. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah anyway. Youth, right? Yeah, um, youth, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about so uh, blending has uh, propped up as a word in in our conversations lots of times mm-hmm. and um, I've uh, since since our uh, our last episode I I have been having some conversations also also about uh, superficial visual pun type of design so I, I think. I think this is a, a beast we need to start unpacking uh, as well. Uh, I think I think you 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 come from a you come from a fashion uh, background, so I do believe like there's there's um there's a certain trend uh, yes. in in um, a more homogenous uh, type of design, especially in logo types and stuff like that. I don't know how the actual the actual fashion, fashion design, like the fashion items, are are also leaning towards being more uniform and more similar. I'm, I have no opinion on that, but in terms of logo design, uh, there the have been in the last few years like a, a considerable effort to to sort of make everything um, homo- homogeneous, like uh, sans serif. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the kind of things we looked at in, in, in before this episode, when we kind of test test talk subject, is this kind of classic or now classic? It's been around for a few years now, but where where, where they show kind of Yves Saint Laurent, uh, Celine, uh, Balenciaga, uh, Diamond, Furstenberg, all, all these kind of you know big heritage uh, been around the block brands, 
And so they show them on the left side, the original logo, and then the new logo on the, on the right side, and they're all versions of Helvetica, basically. They're all sans serif, which I have no problem with at all. I'm a, you know, I love accidents, grotesque. I love, you know, if I would pick a, uh, you know, a, a, a typeface to bring to an island, it would probably be a sans serif. Mm-hmm. But, but um, what I have a problem with is that it's all happening at the same time. And to me, it's quite obvious that there is something at play here. There is a bigger force that kind of, you know, give, produces rings on the water here, so to speak, that, that you know, it, it, it goes across digital product design, logo design, uh, and, and also how these content, content is. Uh, so so w- one, one theory I read about why all these fashion brands m- moved from more intricate logos with, with more serif and finer detail and kind of word marks or, or things like that to, to these more homogenous sans serif ones was partly because they're easier to read on a smaller screen. Mm-hmm. They're easier. They are. They're insta, instafied. They're ins- Instagramified uh, in a way. You yeah. know, people can still make out. It says Balenciaga. Perfect. That that's what I want. Uh, and uh, so, since since you're the fashion person in in our yeah. small team, I definitely have some questions to to ask you. Mm, go ahead. Do you, do you think? Do you think the um, the primary use of a logo in a fashion brand is is identification for the buyer like is the most important function of a logo right now the um the ease with which to find it in a shop because i still think that big big name brands like burberry or saint laurent or um you know these these type of brands the important thing is to be seen wearing them. Like I, I know it's a, it's a very weird year, 2020 and 2021, like being, being seen in fashionable clothes um, is, is a challenge. Like I, I still, uh, I can count the days I wear shoes. Um, so I don't, I don't know if, if this is an appropriate time, but I still think there's, um, there's all this status, signaling that is yeah, I mean, you, that touches upon a lot of great things i think one of the guys i can you know i can tip anyone i'll, I'll happily tip you as well to read about this is a guy called eugene rabkin so he's the kind of chief editor at a, at a magazine called style zeitgeist which talks about this in a very very great way but so there's a lot of things going on here so if we look at at least the luxury market the kind of premium luxury fashion like sonoal balenciaga these type of brands what the logo has become is nothing more than a kind of, you know, the technique as which it is, you know, that logo, which I didn't, you know, could have cost many thousands of pounds to redesign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's applied through simple screen printing, which is a very cost-effective mass produced, you know, there's nothing special. There's no embroid, special embroidery. There's not, no, no finer type of work done here. And it's applied to t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, Really, these kind of archetypical, you know, but, but but these hoodies end up costing five, six, seven thousand pounds of dollars, or even even more, even yeah. though they're simple, one hundred percent cotton. I mean, sure, it's a nicer cotton, but the markup on these products is absolutely ginormous. And the, the, so, what what's happened is is that kind of you know the, the logo design has has you know so it's a less so so for, for men, I mean, it's a little bit of nuance between men, men's and women's wear as well. Whereas men overall, historically, have worn more kind of, you know, as archetypes of, of clothing, like the, the T-shirt and the, and the pique and the, and the khakis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was women's fashion had been more expressive. Of course, that still exists. But women's fashion, at least the trendy luxury fashion is still, I mean, it's also moving hoodies, 
T-shirts, and it's also the the kind of in, in a very postmodern way the, the of course the the the, the, the oversized thing, which is the the, kind of the lack the lack of silhouette, the lack of shape. I've noticed that. Kind of, yeah, yeah, and and then you slap a, a, a big logo on there, and we're done. You know, it's great on Instagram. It's comfy. I mean, I'm not saying clothes shouldn't be comfy, but but like the, the, this hooks into also this kind of athleisure uh, yeah. where this kind of you know merging of home and sports. It's all, it's all kind of the same. It's very postmodern. Very postmodern. Um, so 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 it's interesting that women's fashion is also starting to become more about hoodies and you know t-shirts and these kind of and less about. I don't know. Of course, this, these still exist, but I'm generalizing here to prove a point. Uh, and as I said, Eugene Rabkin writes about this in a very, very informed manner. Um, yeah. So, so, so the, these, these, um, these logos have, you know, that, that that's used to sit on. I don't know. I mean, storefronts. They're of course still on the storefront, but they're they're now they're being applied to pants, to bags, to shoes, to I mean, to rings, to 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 everything that could possibly be a logo. I mean becomes a logo. I mean, anywhere we can have it, we're going to have it. And, and, oh. and that's going to, I mean, so one of my former employees, All Saints, that, that became so profitable that they needed more than one logo. So <laughs> we ended up using another typeface to, 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 so I was a menswear designer there for Jersey. So I did a lot of branded products. So they have the little Ram skull, which they have as an embroidery thing. And then they have the logo and the logo is just take off 2019. It just took off, you know? Right. So it's just the more logos even you can have on the same one. That's oh you know, yeah, I, I, I get it. Like I do remember. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, well, I used to be more fashionable than I am right now. Um, I've, I think you're very fashionable then. I've embraced a, a, a very minimalist uh, right. approach in in the way I dress. But I love. I, I love. I love menswear. Um, I. I I was very young when I realized that brands Armani and Armani jeans are not really the same thing. Like they, they don't communicate the same thing. And I, I think there are a few, a few more sub brands and the, the, they sort of uh, signal different, different price points. Uh, do you think that this uh, Helvetica-ization of sorts uh, is, is going to, is is going to drive uh, prices down, or are these brands just content to to have? Because because the, the idea is like if you have a fancy dress of of any sorts, is is going to um, uh, it's going to to have fewer competitors in the market. While if you have a hoodie with a printed uh, with a printed um, logo and that's it, then then you know, there's there's no big difference from uh, you know even a Primark. <laughs> um, well, the difference is in the logo, right? So it's like the that's that's the kind of the, the end all be all. It's kind of I don't know. It's it's re- I mean, it, this also has to do with fashion's kind of adoption of streetwear as a mm-hmm. as a cultural phenomenon and style right. uh, to, to a certain extent. I mean, it, it's less about blazers and more about hoodies these these days. I mean, the you know. Kanye West, Yeezy, all, all, all these things. I mean, Virgil Abloh's Off-White, probably the most postmodern brand there is. I mean, and I kind of, I have a, what do you say, love-hate relationship with that guy because I, I do think he's, 
he really believes it in what he's doing mm-hmm. and, 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 and he's executed it so cynically perfect, you know, but in, 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 in how, in how he's done it. And you have this guy, Demna uh, Gavasali also that the, the Vetmont uh, also super postmodern brand. We, we don't have to go into the details here, but I mean, well, so, so yeah, you, you asked, would, would this Helveticization, Helveticization contribute to uh, a drop in price because they're all the same? Well, you would think, but the, the prices are just going up. Uh, I mean, so, so it, it, it's become like a competition in, in who can who can charge the most for a logo printed hoodie. Right. Um, and, and it's really, you know, counterintuitive in a way. Um, that, that, but but, but the, the mass market has, it, it's, you know, and it's eating it up. You know, that's, that's you know, so, so you know, well, what's luxury for me, uh, you know, as a, someone who worked in the industry, you know, I, I look at material, I look at silhouette, I look at fine details in, in, in tailoring in intricate shapes, in, you know, mixing materials in an interesting way. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I own band t-shirts, but I don't own anything with a logo on. Yeah. And, and I really, that's, that's what I look at, but from, from someone, you know, it, it's a little bit like the, the thing we talked about with the, with the FedEx logo, with, 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 with this, uh, we'll get back to that one, but that, that has a, a what do you say, a, a subtly uh, negative space arrow in it, which you only might find later on compared to, to this kind of, logos you see on Instagram, this kind of sumo logo, the word sumo, which also has like a sumo in it or yeah. word fire, which is, and the, the logo is also on fire. This really on the nose kind of Literally. Instagrammable. The, the, these hoodies are made to be shown on Instagram. These hoodies are made to quickly show that I have money uh, as a way for a kind of, you know, mi- middle-class kind of a, mm-hmm. kind of a, a demographic to show and to flaunt this kind of, but, but it's also at the same time, I would say, I have a lot to say about this, but I mean, it, it's, it's devaluing the brands long-term because, it, it, you know, I, I would say at some point they're going to have a problem because if, you know, the, the, if every, when everyone zags, you know, it's someone is going to zig at, at some yes. point, yes. what yes. that will be and what's going to happen. I don't know, but it's going to backfire sometime because, you know, the only thing that's constant is change and that things are going to change. I just don't know when. That's, that's very interesting. Like from, from like, from a very semiotics perspective, um, you, do you want to quickly unwrap that for the for the listeners? Because I don't think we have done it for them before. Just um, so who might not be familiar with the term. Okay, so semiotics is um, is the study of uh, symbols and meaning. I would say, um, not not really. It's it's more than meaning. So semantics is meaning, and semiotics is is um, an overarching cate- category, which is uh basically the study of the study of symbols and how we use them to communicate things uh so i see all the i see all the old logos that they, they have um like I, I see berber in my screen right now or rimowa or Yves saint laurent mm-hmm. or diane von furstenberg and the one thing that they show and um, in the old logos um is is pretty much place of origin and and time of establishment, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is like you can tell from the typeface, like the old Yves Saint Laurent, uh, more modernist uh, French. Um, yeah, the classic YSL logo. Yes, uh, yes, uh, it, it has a it, it, it has it it shows the culture in in which the brand was established and and pretty much. You say it's maybe story storytelling. It's like micro storytelling in a way. Oh yes, it's it, it sort of it's signaling 
uh, mm. its existence in a certain landscape. And the same with Burberry, like very, yeah. uh, especially the, the, the handwritten uh, approach and the bottom, like London, England, like, first of all. Um, uh, yeah. the, the words the words carry in, in the new logo, but uh, it has lost its Englishness, I would say, like of the, of the long form um, uh, type. Uh, and again, like, this is this is shedding uh, a certain thing that I do believe, um, I do believe is valuable right now, and it's lost. It's it's not, it's not shedding the like it's, and this is where my concern is. It's not about being more minimal because um, they weren't really maximal before. Is just mm-hmm. the fact that they've lost a certain. Uh, a certain element which is which is really important this is um, again this signification of uh, of the the place of origin and uh, I think this is where where I'm confused like um, yeah I mean exactly I mean it, 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 what do you say it's like an oxymoron here it should be you know that the more kind of personalized and distinguished it is the more i mean so so of course the aura of these brands is still there but like the, 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 there's an obvious i think chance for that it gets you know diluted and watered out so so to speak you know long, long, if they continue this kind of what is it, race to the bottom long term of who, who can make the, the the most logo hoodies you know um and, and i mean this it is a bit of a shame in a way um but but i mean this i mean yeah so so i, I personally don't have a problem with Sanoa switching to a sans serif, I have a problem with that they all did it at the same time as a kind of unified front of blandification, so to speak. That they, I mean, they're obviously afraid to not do it. So, 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 I mean, I, I can't remember who was technically first. I think Sanoa might have been the first one. They were really early with the rebrand of, of, of that logo, I mean, a couple of years ago. And then it all kind of followed suit. And, you know, it of course has to do with this the rise of Supreme and Virgil Abloh being installed at Louis Vuitton all these kind of big shifts in, in, in fashion that is actually menswear driven, you know, Kanye West and Jeezy, they're all kind of coming from menswear, which was always the kind of underdog in the fashion industry. I mean, during at least the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, um, to a certain extent, at least. Uh, but I mean, the women's fashion is still, you know, exceeding men's fashion, but we, from what I, I don't work in fashion anymore. So these numbers might be outdated, but these 29 to 2018 or so, the 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 women's growth in fashion had stagnated so the you know it's kind of hovering around the same the same uh, numbers whilst men's growth keep you know keep going upwards so so there's still an untapped market um for that yeah for me for me like i've i haven't lived in paris much (laughs) or at all uh but I, i i live in london and I, I can see Burberry and in, in the old logo, I can still see just, just by looking at it, I, I can see the, um, the Saville row type of mm-hmm. Taylor yep. um, approach that this, this, ba- this, this brand originally had. And this is, this is where it has become confusing in me. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of, it's a little bit evocative at least it has something. I mean, you could, you could, argue from a strictly, what do you say, aesthetic, you know, stripping off all the brand properties, what looks better or whatever. But yeah, I, I would agree. It has, it, it's more evocative in, in the sense mm. yeah, the, the original version of the, of these logos. 
Um, but these kind of, I mean, this hooks into the thing of bland strategy and kind of bland logo design, bland fashion design. And uh, so, uh, you know, this, this has, you know, it's the same kind of, what do you say? It's, uh, <laughs> it's all Sauron so, somehow. I mean, I, I do believe this is a cultural, um, it's a bigger cultural pendulum that's swinging here and something that's happening on, because different, it's just expressed differently, different industries. So for example, in the kind of more digital product design space where, where I am now, there's the same tendency. So, so kind of all startup labels look the same. Everything is like uh, 3D shapes, soft shadows, soft shapes. There is this very permanent. There's always been trends, but this is, I feel like, something else because, you know, the trend is the same across everything. I mean, it's yes. like yes. blandification. And, you know, so the most overarching thing I can think of is something we also spoke about earlier, the, uh, an interview I saw with Douglas Murray, where he talked about that he describes the West as a fundamentally decadent society because we are only rehashing old ideas, you know, in, in the sense, in the sense, so, so, and, 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 and there's a lack of substance in, in this. So one of the examples he gives is the, the movie industry where, where he talks about that there's only the same kind of bland superhero movies. I mean, something, they are very visually well-made and all that, but let's be honest here, there is no script in Marvel movies. Like, I'm sorry, they're, they're, that's just not what they are. They are. There's no script in Transformers movies. There, and all of these are just old franchises that are, you know, keep rehashing, yes. rehashing you know, the, all the, 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 the endless remake of movies, the reboots of Batman, the reboots of everything. It, these are all old stories because there are no new stories or I don't, I don't know, like the postmodernism here. I don't know that who hates stories. I mean, they, they, they love stories because that's all there is, but they, they don't, they don't like truth or they don't like, they don't like objectivity. They don't like subject. So there's something, it's like a lack of energy some, somehow. There, there, this is the stagnation. Um, I agree. Like there, there, there is this. We have this tendency to to repeat, especially especially in the design education space, where we say, okay, there's no original ideas. Like we 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 tend to want to help people suffering from imposter syndrome and say, yeah. okay. Like steal like an artist, Austin Kleans, uh, yeah, has yeah. a brilliant book, or um, the the war the war of art uh, is pretty much the the the, the same. Yeah, I mean, also like Warhol. Uh, I mean, good, good artists borrow, great artists steal. I mean, this this goes back a, a time, and, and there is truth to it. I mean, one of my favorite fashion ones is Yoji Yamamoto, who said. In the beginning, you copy, 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 and in that copy, you find yourself. And I think that's been fundamentally true i agree i i just think that in this situation we we have surrendered ourselves in in Mm. this this idea that there's there's nothing more which is the the thing that that is so confusing um of course there are certain like it's good to step on the shoulders of giants like uh, this is this is this is pretty much a um a maxim as old as uh, as old as uh newton even um you know stepping on the shoulders of giants but the point is to to try to make something of it like to to be to be supported by the foundation of our culture in order to do something new and the mm. thing now is like we we're just content 
by being moved around by giants and just living in the same height uh, that we've been for for a while now. I think this is this is the the challenge I'm seeing. And um, you're right, like the, the this rehashing and and decadence that that we've been we've been living is is um, is a challenge. I'm not sure if if we have as a culture uh, a new narrative. Um, I would say, like uh, Nietzsche's uh, "Death of God" uh, type of thing. Like we uh, we killed God, essentially. Mm. Um, is ringing more and more true as as we go, and we haven't replaced our collective story with anything else. Yeah. So there's uh, really really few things to to talk about. And, and yeah, it is. I mean, I I just want to quickly. I it's, I did a quick. I mean, hooking into what you're saying, a quick, uh, so the, the Wikipedia definition of the decadence here is, so I'm paraphrasing here, the word decadence, which at first simply, which at first meant simply decline in an abstract sense, is now mostly used to refer a perceived decay in standards, morals, dignity, religious faith, honor, discipline, or skill at the governing uh, among the members of the elite of a very large social structure, such as an empire or nation state. Mm-hmm. Uh, by extension, it may refer to a decline in art, literature, science, technology, and work, uh, work ethic, or very loosely to self-indulgent behavior. So that, that hooks into a couple of things. Uh, but I mean, yes, in, in terms of these, I mean, Perhaps not technology, because we are making leaps. I, I mean, just today I read something about. I mean, France is basically on the verge of fusion energy here. We've been some really some, some new, uh, new nuclear. So I mean, technology is obviously not not a thing, a problem. In, in, in that's not the type of decay we're seeing here. But the cultural and kind of idea. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, there's something about you know erasing history also with, with these brands. So at, at a superficial level, these brands have erased their history by you know taking away the Britishness of Burberry, taking away the Frenchness of YSL. So I don't know if there. I mean, if there's something in the kind of shame or inherent. I mean, self is or what? Are, what are I saying? That the West is one of the few societies that are so prone to self critique. I mean. In, in a good way, there, there's something good there, but it has also taken some very extreme forms in, so we don't have to go into those right now, but in certain like kind of political and s- social sciences, social studies. Um, so I don't know if there's something there about, you know, the, the kind of lack of energy by, you know, you, you're kind of erasing your past in a, in a form of overcompensating a perceived, you know, evil past of, of the West in it could be you know colonization or you know whatever it might be. I don't know. I, I, think, I, I think that there's a there's a vicious uh, feedback loop uh, happening in this. Um and and blending um we we, we haven't def- I'm not sure if we've defined it in in a previous episode, but there are m- more and more and more brands now that they they convey no information on on what the service or product um, is, and again, I don't mean uh, I don't mean this by a literal way, but um, you can you can see um, a mattress brand and a technology like a tech startup brand, and and they they look exactly and a fashion brand they look exactly the same. There's this question of why is this happening. Um, I think that 
it's this is in essence driven by by so it starts it starts with a good idea so i would say most of blending hovers around the the um, the cultural um messaging that apple as a brand has has put yeah. out so people are inspired by apple they see uh, they see this uh they want to mimic it i mean yes it's, it's yes one of the most you know prestigious brands in in the yeah ever basically yeah so they 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 take the the design principles behind it and behind the communication behind the packaging behind everything and they're like okay what if sometimes it starts like a simple experiment like what if um i've seen this meme lately like what if apple made cars and you know they do have no windows uh (laughs) meme but um the question is like you could imagine an apple car and how i mean have you heard it's actually it's actually coming about i mean yes that's that's what prompted the meme anyway Mm. so um there's definitely this idea of what would happen if uh you know apple made uh, coffee or tea or like you you would take this um this information and package it in a, in a certain way and just yeah. uh, put it out there and and it started the it goes back to our design proletariat thing um there are many people sharing these what ifs as proper work uh just to show just to show Apple, basically, that they, they're extremely horrible. And you, you, you mean that's just concept products in, in their kind of portfolios? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, yeah. I think I think this is how it started. I do mm. believe that, you know, uh, with, um, with the advent of Behance and other, like, Dribble and, and things like that, we, we, we keep seeing this trend. So eventually, eventually, like, the pool... The pool of available designers to do a certain thing is is quite specific, mm-hmm. and from there, it's it's um, there's only way to go. Like you're you're just people hire you to be relevant, and to be relevant, you you have to be doing what everybody else is doing, and it goes. Yeah, yeah, the, the portfolio song and dance. Uh, yes. Yeah. We've we've touched this in in yeah. different situations. I. I think there's something very true, though, in, in what D- Douglas Murray is saying about the, the decadence. Um, the information diet of a person who's producing cultural work is really important. Like, mm. uh, as designers, we we watch movies, we read comic books, we uh, we witness art in in all its forms. If there are not enough different approaches or different um, uh, types of um, stimuli, stimuli, I would say it's mm-hmm. it's much worse. I remember um, when I was in design school, I was re-watching the 1995 Batman animated series uh, cartoon. Um, and there's lots of Art Deco 
um, visuals in there because that was that was the style of the the animation. I do remember how how deeply it influenced me and and how I would become obsessed with a style that has been dead since the 1920s. But um, like this this type of geometric uh, excitement, like it, it brought brought things to me. And I do I do believe that in in every single um, how can I put it? Like exciting period of my career, it it is accompanied by a certain uh, new obsession with with mm. uh, an art history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the you know shiny, shiny eye syndrome, and you just kind of you know yeah. When when I discovered Bauhaus for the first time, both the kind of the aesthetic output of Bauhaus, but the kind of unified you know you know, set of ideas that underlies Bauhaus. I mean, you can kind of take it as an example as well. How mimicked has, I mean, that set standards also for how design is supposed to look like. I mean, you could you could argue that a lot of the minimalist kind of, you know, form follows function thing is coming from Bauhaus as well. But I mean, that came from very rigorous kind of, you know, ideas about modernity, about mass production, about, uh, I mean, even social class, about the, the fact that this should be cheap and accessible to many people. That kind of all, you know, underbuilt that that very simple design language and you know simple geometric forms and primary colors, colors and, and these things and you know that's actually also becoming a trend again. That's why I thought of Bauhaus. You see, I read a Medium article the other day about you know the kind of the, the return of Bauhaus, which is fun, but but uh, I mean in the sense of that, I feel like part of this is you know people and it's nothing wrong with copying and mimicking, but it's like it's so on the nose and so on surface level uh, copying, so to speak. I don't know. What's the, what's the right word for it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 we, I we have, we have um, a word in Greek, which is like aping or monkeying. Is ah, yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. re- repeating without repeating without consciously understanding what is what right is yeah like okay so, so it's like a parrot you know the, yeah it's like a parroting parroting yeah. parroting is a, is a is a good yeah, yeah. english equivalent yeah mm-hmm. uh that that uh, i get this but on on the other hand um no there's no other hand like this is this I mean, it's, is a, it's big, a huge thing though so i mean it's like it's like a huge thing so it's really hard to to define, but but I mean, from a design point of view, what, what we're seeing, the kind of output of this decay or moral or, you know, what do you say, uh, I, I, idea, I, the decay of ideas, so to speak. I mean, on a design output level is, is some, what you mentioned, on Behance, on Dribble, there are fantastic projects on there, but there's also a lot of parroting, you know, that, okay, so for one example I took is that in digital products where people make user interfaces, for example, a smartphone, and you have the kind of the, the, the artboard of a smartphone, and then you have elements within it, but then there's really trendy to put them outside of the artboard as well. So they're like hovering outside with shadows and mimicking layer, and that's become a, but it's, but it's like, okay, sure, but this is not a screen for a product. I mean, the element is literally outside yeah. of, of the product. And I mean, so what am I supposed to do with this? It's like, this doesn't work. Uh, so, I mean, so it's probably, you know, someone, uh, do, do, do you know the whisper game? In Swedish, there's something called biskleken, which is like the whisper game. So it's like you, you sit in a circle and then you whisper to the person next to you. Uh, okay, something, and, and it goes along the chain. 
Yes. Okay. So in English, it's called Chinese whispers. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. In Greek, it's called the the broken telephone. Okay. The very, broken telephone. Okay. Very illustrative of how uh-huh. how yeah. like the information breaks as as you yeah. Know. I don't know. There, it's this. There's a lot of thoughts running in my mind when we talk about this. It's a it's a really big one. Um, but I agree. I mean, Douglas is onto something. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the the lack the lack of the lack of meaning in the work is is really important. Like I see less and less uh, designers make uh, fewer and fewer, not less and less, fewer and fewer. Designers. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember. I, I pulled up a quote before from the. So this is about bland, the bland strategy. It's on basedesign.com about the mm-hmm. about blanding, blanding or the branding paradox. It's called. So, so this is on simplicity. So it says uh, in design. Simplicity has historically been treasured, but simplicity, simplicity historically has also carried an implication of cleverness or ingenuity or personality or, or all those things. Simplicity was a compliment, but these days companies are content with the simplicity part of simplicity without any of the things that used to define it. And that's not a compliment. It's insulting to all of us. So what I take from that is something along the lines that we, talk, that we just talked about that, you know, you, you you take the visuals but without a message. You 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 know you 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 want to be Apple without being Apple. You know without all the hard work that all those you know you know uh, yeah the, the the kind of refinement that it took to get there, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. There's there's something in Apple that well I, I detest Apple. Like I I hate their products. Right, I, I know. Care, I know all of that. I, I had all for them. Uh, it's just there, there's this one thing that I, I do believe um, is is very much on point, and uh, um, Apple stands for something. It's a symbol. So the bitten apple. Um, uh, there's there's the the reflection of the um, the 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 apple in Adam and Eve, the the uh, knowledge giving mm-hmm. apple, and there's the apple that falls. Uh, proverbially on Newton's head, and um, even even the, the the certain cheekiness in just the missing bite in there just shows shows something, which is there is there is a business called yeah Apple which produces com- computers, and there's some inherent symbolism in there that I, I yeah. can't ignore. Yeah, I mean it's really interesting that that like. Microsoft and you know Android or they 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 kind of lack all of that. So I mean I, I don't know why. I mean they, they always did. So I mean Apple has taken a conscious approach in, in branding themselves as a lifestyle brand, yes. even though they're, what they're selling is digital products or I mean or hardware. Yes. Um, so so I mean so, so that makes me think of the classic Apple commercial where it's like the underdogs. So it's like you know they they they're also aligning themselves with you know create uh, creativity. I mean it's like Einstein and all. I, I can't remember how it, how exactly it is now. But yeah, there are a bunch of these classic Apple commercials that mm-hmm. you know they they position themselves really, really interestingly for for being a, a, a computer kind of yeah brand, seller, retailer, uh, and 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 that kind of hooks into something here also with with, with you know consumer products and consumer behavior, and it's been you know so, so Apple is often criticized for having subpar hardware compared to Android or, or for the price. Yeah. And and that and that might be true, but that, that that proves also a point that you know just like the Sanoa hoodie is not not special in, in any way. It's this, it's, it's you're a little better cotton, and it's just a simple freaking screen print. 
but the logo, the symbol stands for something. It's aligned with something. It has inherent, and people aren't, I mean, people are very prone to those. And we, we of course, you know this, we all know this uh, kind of emotional uh, purchasing and behavior in that regard. I agree. I, I just think, and this this goes to, to the opposite direction from blending. Um, Apple, Apple, uh, there are many brands that do this. Like uh, Yahoo did it. Like it was, it was a, it was a purple, it was a purple uh, yeah. brand in a sea of blue, uh, where you know there's strong exclamation points and and mm. chat on uh, Yahoo as an yeah, yeah, yeah. very quirky to, uh, compared to micro processors, whatever, like yeah. um, uh, Intel, IBM. Yes, yeah. just yeah. Uh, intelligent business machine, all, all these sort of suit and tie uh, mm -hmm. type of type of businesses. Very corpo. In the, yeah, in terms in terms of posi pos positioning and and um, they they did fine, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. Yahoo, it's just uh, it was it was a uh, it was a management nightmare, which is which is very different. But as a brand, they were appreciated. Uh, like I, I, I think there's this other trend that is going on with very literal work and again um uh, you know um i i see you hear this, the frustration <laughs> oh god the frustration is big i, I, de yeah. I definitely see this in uh i work i work with food a lot uh, mm. so i see all these um coffee places for example uh you know with a standard coffee cup a uh, logo of some sort of, or, or a bean or a, or a mug, uh, just uh, so superficial reading of, of what, is, what is going on. I loved that uh, we did, I had a client who had a small coffee shop in South London last year and he calls it blueberries and the, the logo is a, is a blueberry, which is, you know, it's still... It's still a different approach from having a bean and the cover, co calling it coffee mm. planet or coffee place or coffee square yeah. or coffee yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I was really thrilled in, in the way he approached it. It's the fact that there is a spectrum between being very literal and having no substance at all. Mm. And, you know, the the most successful brands like they, they ride the wave between offering you something that doesn't, uh, that on the same time, it doesn't insult your intelligence by just uh, hitting you on the face uh, with, uh, with everything, everything that's happening. I think, I think this is, this is one of the, this is the one of the valid points. So, yeah, I mean that 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 made me think of one one of my one of my favorite little um, coffee places in Stockholm, which was really hyped for a while. I mean, design-wise, they they look like and follow kind of how the mold and just how a coffee shop modern one kind of bespoke with turmeric lattes and stuff. Do you mean like, do you mean like in terms of interior design? Yes, exactly. So, so they, they follow suit on all that. It's, it's they, they kind of they 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 nailed it. But in in their in their branding, I so I'll, I'll send it over. Do we have a chat here? Um, we yeah, we do. Yes, you can see. So their logo, so they're, what they're called is Gust. Gust basically means just um, yes. ghost. 
Oh, ghosts. Ghost. Um, they're, they're very similar to the to the um, German uh, word, which escapes me now. But and their logo is just a really really hand drawn little ghost, and it doesn't make any sense. But but it's really freaking memorable, and it, it became this 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 whole thing. And you know that they have it in neon, just a neon sign. So I don't even think they had a name. So it's just it's just a little ghost, and that you know. It's, I mean, when you said this coffee place called Blueberry, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And that's, that. yeah, you can, you can kind of... Yeah, yeah this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Kind of, There's nothing much to it, but it's no. much more memorable than... If you, if, you, if, if you gave me, like, two instructions, like, next time I'm, I'm in Stockholm, uh, there's two coffee places I must visit. The one yeah. is um, coffee place, and the other is yeah. gas. Like, I will remember gas. Like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, ghost. I mean, ghostly. That's it's got to be something there in the word, ghostly kind of a kind of a thing. Um, it's interesting. So there, I have the so their logo is actually just a sans serif, but then you have the little. So I sent it in chat now, so you can see yeah. that you have a neon ghost. Yeah, yeah but exactly. Like I, I want to go there. I want to go to the ghost place. Like, yeah, it's the same kind of turmeric lattes as everyone, but it, but it's like that's what you remember, right? As as. Uh, Oh, that's beautiful. It's a yeah, beautiful place for everyone listening to us uh, in Stockholm. Like uh, probably they're closed right now, uh, but if you're listening in the future and uh, the virus hasn't wiped everybody out, just uh, go to get well. It. Well, actually, uh, you know, speaking of that, it's you know Stockholm is basically open. You know, it's uh, the, you know there's coming more restrictions and stuff, but you know they took a really really different approach than than Britain, and maybe that's a different episode in the in the future. But yeah, oh, so yeah, signaling might be open, so everyone go go and support your local coffee shop, please. Yes, um, signaling signaling has so many so many tangents that that we can we mm. can go on definitely. So. I think yeah, this is this is precisely the thing that I was trying to uh, trying to approach with the, the whole um, the whole semiotics uh, approach that I'm I'm working I'm working on is is just the, the, this fact like how do I make sure that I'm I I include meaning in in my work and how. Um, how do you do you truly uh, zig in the times where everybody's zagging right now? Yeah. I mean, you, you could always make like a, a anti checklist, like don't look on Instagram, don't look on Pinterest. Oh yeah, don't be literal. <laughs> uh, there should be um, perhaps there's a, there's a product there as well. Uh, oh yeah, the, oh yeah, like anti blending Chrome plugin or something. I don't know. Oh, that would be cool. That would be very. Yeah, cool. yeah. We we should we should register anti bland.com. Uh, oh, that's DM, man. I'm writing this down. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see in the future. In the future, what uh, what happens there? Yeah. Do you, do yeah. you think do you think that the the design community has this? Like, do do you think that um, the the change is as inevitable as as the uh, as the the tide? Like, it goes it goes to literal and anti-literal and literal and anti-literal, or do you take Douglas Murray's approach that this is this is more than a seasonal approach and this is just a, a trend there which is more significant? I mean, that's really true. I mean, of course. I mean. 
disgust this so, so this this little coffee shop with a hand drawn ghost logo that doesn't make any sense but that's really good for brand it does exist at the you know at the same time as all of these you know coffee mug mm. whatever coffee store one coffee store three or different beans and whatever they exist perpendicularly but you know of, of course that the latter is winning so to speak on, on a grander scheme of things i mean i that, that's why also gust and and and, and some of these you know, stick out that they, they, they are the kind of the, the underdog in, in the kind of current. I mean, I, I want to think that there is a pendulum swing that, you know, postmodernism isn't just the end state that we were stuck in this forever. I want to be optimistic. Um, in, in terms of fashion, I, I mean, it, it might be a little different depending on industries and they might adapt. Um, I mean, the, of course, there are good movies coming out and things. And I, I think for, for movies, for example, for the movie industry, series, you know, series used to not be a thing. It used to be on daytime television when no one was watching. Mm. Now they are, you know, you know, exceeding blockbusters. You know, they, they are the yep. thing now. It's a cultural phenomenon, which is also kind of going against this kind of, you know, bland, uh, you know, Hollywood bad remakes, rehashing, you know, it's long form. It's, it's intricate. It's telling stories over a long period of time, kind of similar with podcasts. Also in a way, podcasts, what we're doing uh, is having a, a kind of emergence uh, to it as, you know, people are ready for and hungry for long-term content. So that's what's also makes me more optimistic. Fashion might be hopelessly lost. I don't know. I'm, I'm out of that <laughs> industry. Uh, they, they can do whatever they want. Uh, I mostly buy vintage anyway. So it's like, uh, if I ever buy something, I, when, when you worked in fashion for a couple of years, you have more clothes than you ever, ever need more than anyone should have. Um, but what was I saying? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I, I do see signs of that things are happening and even, even something as video games, you know, how intricate stories we, we can tell and how profoundly moving they can be and how passionate community. I mean, there's even, you know, concerts dedicated to solely the music in, in, in video games. I think that's profoundly nice that, that's, you know, it's, you know, culture is finding new ways, you know, to, to paraphrase Jurassic Park, life will find a way or culture will find a way or ideas will find a way. Uh, just not maybe in the sense that we thought it would be, I don't know, but that, that's getting really abstract now, but no, no, no. how about you? What do you think? I wish I was optimistic. I'm not. Um, I think I think we're stuck with with this trend for a long time. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a cult, like it's a broader culture thing. Um, I do believe I do believe there's um, there is still value in 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 standing tall against this huge wave. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I do, I do believe that not serving the, um, uh, fast food approach because it's pretty much the same thing. Like many, God, many people, I, uh, I, I don't want to say I used to appreciate, but, I, um, many people I appreciate have this idea that, you know, attention spans are short. Therefore we should be catering to these shortening attention spans which i don't think yeah, make everything worse uh, we just keep yeah, yeah like it is like saying people people like mcdonald's let's give them mm. calories uh and salt and just be done with it um i do believe that that going against the grain in this is a noble pursuit and get definitely um 
definitely gives our life a bit more spice, uh, which is uh, which is an added extra. But there's there's this moral imperative there to uh, to keep the the flame of culture. But yeah, I, yeah, and, and and I think also just riffing on that that. It might be true, the short attention span, because it's platform specific. You know, if people, they go to Instagram and they don't, you know, neither would I expect an hour long content, whatever it might be, interview or carousel, a carousel that would take an hour to scroll through. So, you know, it, it's, it's also with these kind of relatively young and new platforms that are still being established and still being, you know, we're figuring it out, you know, in terms of law, in terms of regulation, in, I mean, everything with, you know, God, the, the American election, all the stuff going on, you know, that we're still adopting these freaking platforms, you know, so I'm just hoping, you know, I know Spotify, for example, is doing a huge push for podcasts in terms of, you know, they signed with Joe Rogan for God knows how many millions uh, and stuff like that. So, so you know, <laughs> I, I, you know but, it, but it's good that we don't agree always. I mean, you're, if you, I mean, you also work, you know, with freelance in a different way than I do. So you might see this in, from a customer perspective in a different way than I do I, maybe. I, I don't. I don't think it's just the customers. I, I think it's it's more of the the expectation of the culture. One thing that that I see, and, and this is this is where it touches both the blends and the and the on the nose, like very li- uh, literal designs out there. Both cater to this idea that you don't. You don't have any time to experience the whole thing, mm-hmm. and you underestimate the the amount of thinking people might be doing. I haven't seen one uh, logo, uh, you know, top ten logos ever article or top ten book or um, that doesn't feature the Apple logo, the FedEx logo. Um, all these, old. I mean, they're yes. old. They're old, but they also have this idea that um, there are there are some seeds in there that they need they need time to um, they need time to grow. So the, the FedEx logo arrow, well, you know, in the last five years with the proliferation of memes and the internet, the the trick has been, you know, uh, is is common knowledge to everyone that there's there's an arrow in there. Mm-hmm. Or in the Amazon logo, there's there's a narrow, well, which is also a smile that takes you from A to Z, which is, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, and this this is just by analysis. Like people have have been exposed so much to the analysis that now everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. But a good design and a good logo has to have these things like slowly appear. It, it it's it's like. I don't know how old you were when you watched Star Wars for the first time. Ah, oh, might have been, you know, eight, nine, something around that. I mean, the original. Before the internet. Is this correct? Before the internet? Yes, yes. I mean, not 90s. We might have had a modem connection, but like the internet was in its infancy. So same, same for me. Like, um, when I watched, when I watched the the um, Empire Strikes Back for the first time, I wasn't exposed to the idea that Darth Vader's Anakin Skywalker, Luke, Luke Skywalker's father. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was unspoiled, uh, no yeah. spoilers. 
there was some value in in building this this exposition in in a movie and a half like almost two movies and like building to this information so that your audience is going to experience it in the i was shocked like everybody everybody that i watched it with before the internet was shocked as well um because i've watched star wars so many times yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i mean that that was like you know the, the, the Game of Thrones finale, but reversed. I mean, everyone was shocked, but in, I mean, it was like a good shock. I mean, yes, everyone yes, they, yes. They hated Game of Thrones, but yes. So. Precisely. Yeah. So, so the thing is, um, logos need to be the same. So the Amazon, like now a kid, kid growing up now, probably learns that um, that uh, Darth Vader is, is uh, Luke's uh, yeah. father before they watch the movie. So they've watched the movie and they've been exposed to, they've been. Yeah. So it's the same with the Amazon logo or the the FedEx logo or or mm. the the Apple logo. You've been exposed to the analysis behind it, but the, we still need to be making these anew, like new, new, new logos and new brands and new new designs that just plant a seed, which is going to detonate itself in. In a month or in a, mm. in a year, and, and kind of like eventually you yeah, see it. it's a delayed gratification in design. Yes, like yeah, yeah, precisely. Like, or, or or some really you know, so a really nerd reference here, like old Blind Guardian album albums, or like a really good some of the really good metal albums. I'm just I'm gonna use that because yes, I'm a metalhead and I and I, and I like it. There, there's so many layers, and that's they're not there on the first listen. They might not there on the second listen, but there's so much to explore and there's so much depth there. Well, that might not be true for other songs that are in our contemporary culture. Maybe yeah. if you just leave it leave it wide like that. Uh, well, that, that's that's it. So why, like in design now, we have we have two two uh, opposing edges of the spectrum, which is one is like Yves Saint Laurent or Burberry. Like we won't give you even a minute to decode what is happening here. Nothing is happening here. No. Give me the logo. Give me the logo. It's no, no, no. <laughs> it's like we can assure you that nothing is happening here, right? Mm. Like in the old in the old Burberry logo, you had you had um, you know an old Victorian typeface. You had some uh, like you had the subtitle which was handwritten. You you had the the horse the, the knight the horse the knight flag and, yeah. person. There, there were you needed a few seconds or a few to digest minutes that. to digest yeah. that, and it eventually grew to you. Especially, especially if you can juxtapose it with again Savile Row, London society in yeah. general. Like how many old buildings really mm. have this type of writing uh, mm. on them is 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 thrilling. You can take the time and compare, especially. Uh, especially if you're the first, the first market of this, so you have this or the other pro, like the Instagram approach, which is like I'll give you the most literal uh, <laughs> representation of the thing. Yeah. I'm gonna bang you on the head, like uh, I'm gonna write zebra and uh, have you a striped zebra in there somehow, or just yeah. there's, there's black and white, negative yeah. space. Gorilla, Zumo, yeah. noodles. Bicycle is, is yeah. terrible and then stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it also underestimates your, 
your attention span, your capacity to to have this idea implanted in you and give this uh, more thought as, as you experience it. So, yeah, I think this is this is where we're missing, like this profound yeah. understanding that is happening between experiencing the brand again and again. I think yes. that's, that's the thing that's missing. Yeah, because there's something about, I mean, yes, I mean, quality takes time to digest. And if you want to use a literal metaphor here, fast food is, you know, instantly, it's just, you know, fast. And, and, and that it might goes, have- It goes out fast as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed, in a very literal sense. Yes. Uh, um, so, so essentially, I mean, I don't know. Trying to think of another another metaphor. I mean, so another cultural thing that I liked. And speaking of Star Wars, also was the Mandalorian because it had a unique twist on the Star Wars kind of mythos and the you know the kind of lone. I mean, juxtaposing Star Wars with kind of Clint Eastwood spaghetti western. Um, but both music, which is terrific, absolutely fantastic music in the Mandalorian, really, really good. Love the 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 the, the lead motif and everything. But juxtaposing those things, the kind of gunslinger uh, with with western and you, this really great narrative. It's also had a very. I mean, I don't know if you've seen season two, but a very. Uh, I've seen season one. I'm, oh wow! Okay, okay. I'm, no, I'm boycotting. I'm boycotting Star Wars. Oh really? Okay, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Disney and big, big, Disney. big. Uh, yeah, post-Disney Star Wars. I, I love Star Wars. Yeah. I can tell you how many pieces of Stormtrooper armor is comprised of, but I'm boycotting. Anyway, I don't... Um, well, I mean, if you ever would, would you say, budge on that on that principle, then the, the, the one new Star Wars thing you should see is Mandalorian because it's better than all the other, the new trilogy and everything combined because it's a beautiful mix of animatronics, um, you know, proper props, you know, it's really taken a lot of time and effort to make this. And that's, to me, I mean, going back to the kind of quality uh, uh, analogy here. And, you know, I can watch it again with, with, with my sister or, or, and, and just find new new depths and new yeah. things. And, and, and that, that is just very evocative and very, you know, nice. So that, you know, even though it's happening under the Disney umbrella, which you, of course, could criticize, um, uh, yeah, in, in, in many ways. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's precisely it. I, I think, I think this is the the key takeaway: having, uh, having a small uh, seedling of of an idea that's going to expand while you're not watching it uh, yeah. uh, specifically. Okay, yeah, I think rant over. <laughs> yeah, rant over. Do we? Do we? Uh... Do we put a, a dot here? Or yeah, a... I think I think this is a good point. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning into this. Uh, we we hope we weren't too um, too obsessive. Uh, about yeah. the, the... I, I hope that if if they come, it's for the obsessiveness. Uh, <laughs> they, they might have to get used to that. But I mean, please, any feedback and any any topics you want us to to uh, to bring up or, or or talk about, we're all, all ears uh, and eyes. So so uh, on LinkedIn, on you know any channels, uh, please reach out, and we will will take it into account. Always listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. bye.